0: so enjoying having our returning guests come back and share with us. And Tracy is another one of our guests who did an amazing episode back in April of this year. And the link to her first show will be in the show notes. And we had this wonderful conversation about LinkedIn. So welcome back to the show, Tracy. Oh, Kim, thank you for having
1: me back. I'm excited to be here.
0: So one of the things I've been asking all of my returning guests is, you know, what has changed for you during COVID? You know, has business been better, been worse? You know, what lessons have you learned? What has COVID done for you and your business?
1: I will tell you, I'm having a much better year now than I did last year. I did have some challenges after our episode in spring. Um, I hired a copywriter. I hired a funnel builder and I hired a tech guy. And there were some business lessons learned. Trust me. And um, I'm going to tell you what, I I have great superpowers and I have some even bigger fatal flaws. And I really learned of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm not good at managing people. Trust me. So I think uh, starting early next year, I'm going to be hiring a project manager Mm -hmm. because that's a fatal flaw that I have. So, um, and it was like a domino effect, you know, and and it's really no fault of my copywriter I hired a very prestigious copywriter. Um, He worked for, for Russell Brunson for six years. He was one of his top copywriters. I still love him to death and he, he made good. Um, he, he, gave me some extra services because of the stuff, but life happens and doesn't life just doesn't happen to me. It happens to other people too. And his wife got really ill and landed in the hospital for a week. And then, um, one thing after another was that, and then they had to move because they had sold their house. And so he was like nine weeks late. Well, because of his nine weeks late, my funnel builders were late because they didn't have the copy. And my tech guy. 't I paid him but he couldn't work because he didn't have anything to tech <laughs> so um you know my copywriter made good but I ended up letting go the funnel builders because when they finally did get the stuff it was just not good I mean I could have done a better job in eight nine weeks if I'd put you know my brain to it um, and then um, I handed some stuff over to my tech guy and he did in 24 hours what my guys in the United States couldn't do in three weeks. So, you know, I I'd always, you know, heard of people hiring people like in the Philippines and stuff like that for customer service and VA work and stuff like that. And I think that's great, but I've always hesitated to do that. Mm-hmm. So I hired a fella that I met through Russell, Russell Brunson's network and he's in Nigeria. He's in Lagos and he's a whippersnapper. I'm keeping him on my payroll. <laughs> So those are some lessons that I learned um, throughout all this. And, um, you know, I I didn't just stand by and let everything, you know, fall to the wayside. I kept up on everybody, but man, it was exhausting. It really was. So keynote, hire a project manager.
0: (laughs) You know, one thing I've learned through this process, because, you know, um, obviously I don't run RTI Publishing by myself. You know, I've brought on writers, editors, um, you know, uh, graphics people, formatting people, proofreaders, you know, I carefully interview them. Right. And I don't bring them on for my big projects at first. They kind of earn their way up. Right.
1: Well, I learned that lesson too.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, You know, because that
0: that's the thing, like you put out all this money and someone can't give you what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, it's never been about hiring North American, though most of my at least writing and editing team is from North America because, well, that's a pretty important skill and English has to pretty well be your main and first language. So it's not I I can put off to other people who English is not, but, you know, I have, you know, graphic designers and people in all sorts of different places because I'm looking for a quality of work, not necessarily where they live. And one of the things I did too was, is that, um, I've really gone on referrals. I've asked my network who they've worked with, that they've had really good results. And I have found some amazing people that way. as Well,
1: that's interesting. All three of these folks were referred. (laughs) So so sometimes, you know, that could, you know, you know, um, blow up too. So, you know, but, you know, I think it, um, I mean, maybe my, the, the funnel builder guys just didn't understand what I was looking for. Um, But, you know, the copywriter definitely had a, a family emergency and life got in the way. And, and, you know, so. Um, And
0: that couldn't be predicted.
1: No, that can't be predicted. Not not at all. So, but I have graphics people too um, and and stuff like that. Like, you know, I think, you know, the scope of work is different for each client. And I have a couple different contractors that I hire out based off of what's going to be a good fit with my client. So I agree with you totally.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it takes a while to build a team and you are going to find some duds in there as you go along. Mm Right. So maybe not, they're not does to just not right for not for a right eating. fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, you know, that's really interesting. So did you finally get something put together?
1: Well, then I got sick. So then oh. I had a life event. So yeah. And I'm, I, you know, it was like one thing after another, but yeah. So, um, I, I've, I've, business has really definitely picked up. Um, I haven't done any recording on the new program because I got ill. And so I didn't want to have a a no voice trying to record training sessions. So that would, that would, they would have to be redone and I don't like doing things twice. Um, And so um, that's going to be coming along this week. And I made some good, uh, we implemented a referral program since last time I talked to you and man, that is just really coming in. Great. I landed a big fish and um, I'm really excited to start working with them and it all comes through LinkedIn. so it's it's pretty amazing. So that's the one thing that we've added since we last talked. but the digital program is coming out. Um the book was, was supposed to start to get written um, in September, but now it's going to be December. <laughs> so um, but LinkedIn's made a lot a lot of new changes and some updates and stuff, which I'm kind of glad I didn't start writing the book already because mm-hmm. now I can add those things in, into the into the new book, which will be fantastic.
0: Well, that's going to segment segue quite nicely into the second part of the podcast. So what is new in LinkedIn that, you know, this audience of entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches can use to build their businesses?
1: Well, one thing, um, I mean, it's been around for a while is LinkedIn lives, but, you know, you still have to go through an application and approval process. But before the challenge was for people is that, nobody was going to see it. And you couldn't, you couldn't schedule a LinkedIn live before you can now. Mm -hmm. So you would just go live and whoever happened to be on your network, uh, it will pop up and say, Hey, this person's live right now. And you were, you know, people were getting more, um, more engagement after the live session was over than during the live. And so LinkedIn's now made it where you can actually use events their events mm-hmm. to pre-schedule a LinkedIn live so that it gives you an opportunity to promote your live before it actually happens. So you actually have a live audience, which I think is fantastic for that. Um, yeah, because it's anyway. nothing like talking to a blank screen. No, and I've done it. Me <laughs> <Trust> too.
0: Me, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, and you're trying to smile and you're trying to act as if people are looking at you. Yeah. And all the while you're thinking, I am talking to nobody and this is not... Fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like it's like when i practiced to go on stage at Dan Kennedy's event in 2017 i practiced i don't like looking in the mirror so i my dog was my audience <laughs> you know that's kind of what it felt like <laughs>
0: so <laughs> so do you have to have a certain size like um a friends and following to qualify for a live or is it now that anyone can qualify for live cuz i know for a while there was only like the top you know the top people on linkedin yeah and, and i got
1: I got LinkedIn live in 2019 and then they took it away from me. And then it took me five months to get it back. Cause I don't know why they took it away to begin with like two months after I got it, they (coughs) revoked my access to LinkedIn live. And so I had to fight with LinkedIn for five months to get it back. Um, But I think the the secret sauce still is that you have an optimized LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. They really want to see that, you know, whatever your lives are going to be about, it's going to be, the your profile is going to reflect that, right? Yeah. So, who's the client? What's the topic? That kind of thing, Um, and they want to see you getting active in the newsfeed. Now, you don't have to post every single day, but at least they they recommend at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn wants to see that you you've posted, that you're actually sharing some content and things like that. And it it could be it doesn't necessarily have to be like native video, although they do prefer video over the other posts. I mean, they they like those first, but Um, You know, even text-based with graphics images. And now the new popular thing for how long I don't know is the polls. Polls are super popular and LinkedIn now is favoring those posts over most type of posts right now in the newsfeed. So for those of you, trust me, get on the poll bandwagon, because if you're asking a poll that relates to your business, you as the author of this poll have access to who voted and how they voted. And not to mention all the comments that are going to come in, right? And now you can, it it puts you front of mind with your current network, but you may have some second and third degrees that come in here and vote on the poll as well. And that gives you an opportunity to send them a connection request, thanking them for voting on the poll. And then whatever your product or services that you are offering that's related to that poll gives you a jumpstart to a conversation with that new prospect or with your current network stay in front of mind so that's what's really new there what else is new is now that company pages can now publish articles i think that's pretty cool before you had to be your personal profile and we all know unless you feature though your articles on that little featured in your profiles nobody sees your articles i mean you may publish hit publish or unless you promote that article you know outside of Mm -hmm. of linkedin no one knows is there right so now company pages can post articles. And I think that's in a, a big feature for company pages, because um, a lot of times, like I just got finished working with greater Wichita partners in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, that now is a, a great opportunity because they're working more on the city side of things. They're not really a business owner or an on- entrepreneur that would use their personal profile to use articles for brand development and yeah. And brand and business development, right? Well, now they can do articles and stuff that's geared towards their aerospace or their manufacturing or what's great about Wichita, right? Whereas none of the employees of each one of these departments would ever do that on their personal profile. So of course not. Yeah. So I really think that's a a fantastic new feature for that. Um, and then, um, of course, newsletters. Are still out. LinkedIn is that's your it's your publisher. That's your articles. They call it now newsletters, um, but it's still really slow to roll out to everybody. That's one feature I don't have, and I'm just getting mad. I wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> I don't have newsletters yet, so I'm really mad about that because that is also going to go in the new book. That great new strategy of using newsletters because. Once you get approved and LinkedIn gives you a newsletter, you write an article, LinkedIn actually notifies everybody in your network. So it pays to have a big network. You don't have to do the manual work of going and emailing everybody or messaging everybody in your network that you have a newsletter. So I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I didn't even,
0: I haven't even heard of that yet.
1: Yeah. Well, it's been out since 2018. It was in beta for like two or three years. Um, and they only had like 140 or 150 people that in beta across the world. So yeah, it took them forever. And I don't understand. They rolled out creator mode for everybody, but why aren't you rolling out newsletters? I mean, LinkedIn in LinkedIn's own words back in 2014 or 2015 was they wanted to be the number one place for unique content. What happened to that? Yeah. You know, there's my question. <laughs>
0: well, I, I suspect I mean, like everything else, you know, you got all these great plans and then the tech problems come in and then, the, you know, so maybe it's one of those things that they planned it, but didn't realize technically how complex it was going to be to implement it.
1: Well, and I think you're right in that respect, but also I would add that they have other social media platforms that they're competing against and they want to keep people on LinkedIn And so now they're allowing, you know, the Instagram crowd, the TikTok crowd, those guys coming in and they've really opened up the they want that kind of content now. And I don't know if you're seeing a lot more of that, you know, uh, us Gen X crowd is kind of being pushed off to the side, (laughs) even though we're probably the biggest demographic on on LinkedIn. And they're bringing more in the the younger, you know, uh, millennial and they're favoring their content.
0: So, well, they have to because if you don't, gotta compete. That Younger generation that's gonna die, right? Right.
1: They and they have to compete. So I, 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 under, I see why they're doing it, but I think that that articles, um, you know, you've got people have blogs, they have their websites with the articles. You got Medium, you know. I still think articles are are a big thing, you know. And yeah. I, I really think that they should put a little bit more focus on it and start rolling out this newsletters, you know, a little faster.
0: Well, I definitely would be cool for that as a writer, being able to put out the newsletters and have everyone informed of it. I'll be keeping my eye on that
1: one. Oh yeah. Cause you know what? I mean, some of the little tips I'm going to put in the new book is like, you can promote your books in there with links. You can promote your webinars. You can promote your, whatever you want to promote. You know, you can put your, your calendar schedule in there and you know, it's all based around whatever the topic of your newsletter is. And if you, you tell LinkedIn, you know, which tells your your group, you do it. Are you publishing once a week, biweekly, or once a month? Mm-hmm. You know, you get the choice to do, yeah. to do that. And I think it's a great way to not only showcase your authority and expertise on the subject matter, but now you've got, you know, links to your stuff that you can get somebody off of LinkedIn into your email list so you can market to them off of LinkedIn. Because we all know at the end of the day, you don't own LinkedIn and you don't own your connections in LinkedIn. If they were to suspend you or kick you off LinkedIn, you are they're all gone. And what if you had 30,000 connections, right? Well, so.
0: I've been in Facebook jail a few times. <laughs> Still have no clue what I did to get into Facebook jail well, because they won't tell you. They just said you broke our rules. So my reply is great. Tell me which rule I broke. Tell me which thing I posted. I will gladly never do it again but they don't, they just say, well, you broke this very vague rule. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what happens. I think when you have so many employees and there's a big interpretation, you know, but I, I know some people personally that have been Facebook jail as well. I've been in LinkedIn jail a lot, you know, but at least LinkedIn, if you get into support and you kind of hound them a little bit, they'll let you know, and eh, this is what you did, you know? Yeah. And, and, so- and
0: that was the thing. I just wanted to know what I did wrong so that I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to hack the system. I'm just one of these honest people. Like I was the kid that followed all the rules. Just tell me what the rule is. And
1: my friend, Kurt Malley actually owned a fake Facebook ads agency and he got suspended for almost three years, like two years and nine months from Facebook. Yeah. Fortunately, they kept their agency afloat because his brother as his partner <laughs> didn't get suspended. So they were able to, to keep their, you know, afloat, but then, um, Facebook let them back in and then they actually now have an account manager in Facebook that helps them out. So they don't get back in Facebook jail. (laughs) So, I mean, that's pretty hefty, man. I'm like your whole business just could have just been your whole livelihood gone.
0: Yeah. I I was in Facebook jail for three days. That was enough for me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, I've been in LinkedIn jail for a couple of weeks. So that wasn't any fun. But yeah, that's the most I've been in jail for.
0: So know that if you end up in jail, it's probably because you're doing something right. Well, LinkedIn. I, okay. I, you're, you're, yeah. you're not following the rules, but you're doing enough stuff that you've broken a rule without even realizing it. And
1: well, that's not always a bad thing. <laughs> I know the rules. So I know <laughs> what what I did wrong to deserve it. So <laughs> I will say that. So, um, but I do have people, you know, like overseas. I have a friend in, in um in Australia that I met at a conference I went to in San Diego in 2014. And uh he was in uh LinkedIn jail for two months. And he's like, Tracy, I don't know what I did. And so we got on a Zoom call and I said, All right, Nobody, let's go ahead and, you know, what is it that you know you think? What were your activities? And then he told me, and I said, that's it. That's what you did wrong. Cause I know, I know the terms of service. And then when he went back to LinkedIn and said, I think I know what I did wrong. Here's what it is. Tell me how I can get out of jail within like a week or so. He got out of jail. So (laughs) I haven't heard of anybody getting in jail for two months. I don't, you know, but LinkedIn tracks your activity. So if they see that you have too much activity in any given day, especially if you have a profile that um, you just haven't, has been dormant for a while. And then all of a sudden you're just going crazy nuts with it. They're going to go, "Mm, you're probably using a piece of software that violates our terms of service, or you're spending way too much time on LinkedIn, like hours and hours and hours. So um, there's definitely like a usage limit, and they keep track of it. Also, they keep track of your IP address. So if you have somebody from overseas, even using a VPN doing your stuff and you also happen to be in LinkedIn working in at the same time they're working in it. They, they're like, "Uh Oh, something's going on over here, you know? So anyway, so.
0: So if you've been dormant on LinkedIn and this episode has really inspired you ease your way in slowly, don't just go nuts on LinkedIn because they don't like that.
1: Hmm. No, they don't. So we, we keep it. Like if you have a, a free account, which I never recommend anybody have. But um, if you start out that way, you know, don't message you know, 500 of your connections in a day because you're going to get, a, a red flag is going to get raised. Start out with like 10, 20, and then work your way up. And you can never do 500 on a free account anyway. Um, we recommend if you're a business premium or sales navigator, sales navigator members get a little more leeway, a little more activity uses because they know you're prospecting right? So you, your limits are raised a little bit. So we do don't do any more than 200 to 250 messages a day. Once the account is seasoned, uh, whether it's our first connections um, and you're limited, obviously to the connection request, which was implemented in the spring per week. So it's a hundred per week. It used to be a hundred per day. So it's a hundred per week, but you get so many in-mails. And then of course, if there, here's a little advanced secret here for your sales Navigator member. And somebody has an open profile, and you do not need to use an email credit and you do not need to be connected to them. You can send them a message for free, which is super cool. Um, but you should only send around 40 messages a day. Yeah. On that, you don't want to go gangbusters on that either because, again, they're tracking your activity.
0: And the thing is, 40 messages a day is way more than enough to build anything that you're building.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm gotten really good at the copy, paste, add the name. And if I have a same template that I'm using for everybody, I could do about a hundred messages in an hour. That's copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Right. Um, I mean, you got to get good at that. Sometimes, you know, technology doesn't work really well, but if you, if you're good at that about a hundred an hour, the average person, I would say probably 40 or 50 in an hour. Yep. Nice. Nice.
0: Well, you've got my brain spinning, that's for (laughs) sure.
1: So let's
0: talk a little bit. We talked about your book earlier this year, but I want to talk about your book again, because maybe some people missed the first episode. So talk about your book. What was it like writing and publishing it? You know, was there good, bad or ugly things that happened during that time? I would love to hear some more.
1: Yeah. So my first attempt at writing the book was in 2016, and it was all about the publisher platform because I'd made... A lot of money, so I had some of my colleagues made six figures a year just using uh, his Gmail and LinkedIn publishing. And um, LinkedIn decided to change in August of 2017 when I was about ready to go and upload it to Amazon that they changed the publishing platform. They took away Pulse, which were topics that you could follow or categories that you could follow. And then LinkedIn would feature certain articles based that fell into those categories. Wonderful. That's made me a lot of money doing that. But then they took it away. And I was so glad that I did not publish the book. So it took me um, another year or so because I was going to go speak on Dan Kennedy's stage and I wanted to be a best selling author. I wanted that clout. So it already had the outline for it. We changed mm-hmm. up the outline a little bit. I got the graphics done and then we pre sold it on Amazon in 36 hours, went number one in two countries nice. and in three categories. Nice. so I became an international bestselling author and I walked on stage being a bestselling author. Okay. But I hadn't finished the book and I had so much time just to get it. You get 90 days at the time it was 90 days. And because I spoke at this event, I landed a bunch of coaching clients. So I got home and instead of working on the book, I'm onboarding all these clients. And so what happened is I missed my deadline. I had to ask for a, an extension. And I got the extension, but Amazon said you for a year cannot pre sell a book because I missed the deadline. So I'm like, eh, I'm not going to write in a year anyway. That's fine. And so um, finally, right after Christmas, I sat down and in for 32 days, for four hours a day, I wrote the book. And so I'd already had the backbones to it, but we did change a lot of it because a lot of stuff had changed since the initial performing of the book. And when I say performing, I had a friend of mine in um, in Canada and I gave him the outline of the book and I gave him a list of questions and he asked me questions and I answered them and we transcribed it. And that was, you know, the the meat and bones of the book still needed to be edited and, and such, but it was a great way to get the book written for somebody who doesn't want to sit down and write, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, we speak the book or perform the book. Um, I probably won't do that the second time because a lot of the information in there is still relevant. I'm just going to clean it up, add more to it. And then all the new goodies that LinkedIn has to offer when it comes to publishing. So and publishing is not just articles, it's content, it's lives, it's events, it's anything like that where content trainings, anything like that um, will benefit growing your business, getting you on podcasts and getting speaking engagements. So that was, that was my challenge with my book, but I got her done. (laughs) Yay!
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tracy. I love the knowledge that you have shared today and I know our audience will really be able to make good use of it. So Tracy, if people have really enjoyed this conversation and want to find out more about more about you and your book, how can they connect with you?
1: Certainly. Uh, off, obviously, LinkedIn. It's Tracy Enos. It's E-N-O-S. And um, if you want to pronounce it, it's Dukes of Hazard. If you're a Dukes of Hazard fan, Enos from Dukes of Hazard, Or if you're a, a St. Louis Cardinal fan or just a baseball buff, you got Enos Slaughter. Um, secondly, I would like to give a gift to your audience. Awesome. And we're offering that book behind me, LinkedIn Publishing to Profits as a PDF, so you don't need to go to Amazon and purchase it. Mm -hmm. Um, And along with our newly updated 28 point profile checklist, it is the ultimate profile checklist. And so obviously anything that you do marketing LinkedIn starts with your profile and the foundation work behind that. Mm -hmm. And so they can go to the ultimate profile checklist.com.
0: That is awesome. Thanks so much, Tracy. So this has been Tracy Enos and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book, at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.